Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. And you Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards! No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Hello, and welcome to When We Were There, a biased internet history. I'm Thomas. And I'm Josh, and this is a podcast all about the history of internet content. The who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldo. We're going to get into it all. Whether you like it or not. And you know what? I think you guys are going to like these next guests. We got some real cool guys here. Some guys who are climbing all the way to the top. But first, Thomas, how's your day going? going uh pretty pretty dang good a garbage truck just drove by my window and shook this entire house this my house is 100 years old and every day when that happens i feel like it's gonna fall down uh has, has it yet has it fallen down yet yeah almost nice dude <laughs> max one of my roommates says that uh there's cracks in his ceiling so uh we're that's part of why we're getting the hell out of here Anyway. One of many reasons. Um, how, how are you doing? I'm not doing great. I was going to make Joe this morning, and yeah. I guess Laura used all the all the actual grounds that we have, because uh, I had to make instant coffee, and it was, it was a terrible decision. So you're pissed. I'm pissed. Right. Um, I know it's like not technically the worst thing that's happening, but I think there should be a little bit of attention to it. You want like people to sympathize with you? Yeah, well, like I don't know, maybe my mom could reach out and be like, "Hey, Josh, I'm really sorry about the uh, the instant coffee thing." <laughs> you want your mom to to do that? Yeah, I think it'd be like it'd be a does, nice gesture. Does your mom listen to the podcast? No, she she would never. Yeah, it's not for her. Um, but you know what? We're talking too much about ourselves. Uh, we have with us the Goal Guys. How's it going, gang? Hey, good. How are you? Good, 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 good. What's going on? Aside from the coffee thing, I'm pretty good. But let's say for some reason, some idiot listens to this podcast. They hear you guys. For some reason, they don't know who you are. Who the heck are you guys? We are a two-brother duo. We run a YouTube channel called Goal Guys. Our channel is based all around self-improvement. So overarching productivity, health, wellness, nutrition, all sorts of things like that. And how did you guys get into, you know, starting a YouTube channel and, you know, it's definitely gotten a great following at this point. What was like the inception of this is what I want to do on the Internet? Well, Cam, you were kind of the one who wanted to get it started right off the bat after university. So I guess I'll defer to you because I came late. Yeah, for sure. When I graduated university, I got out of a acting program and I thought I was going to make a living as an actor. Um, as so many hopeful, youthful people do. Yeah. And I was working contracts, being an actor, working in theaters, and I was working coffee shop jobs. And I wound up in Ottawa, a city where I didn't really know anyone, didn't have very many friends, and I was working some gigs there. And I was hit with, oh, I have a bunch of student debt. Oh, my career's not like getting the jumpstart that I thought it would straight out of university. So... I was like, eh, I don't have much else to do. I'm watching a lot of YouTube. Maybe I'll, I'll try my hand at making a video. So I had an old camera kicking around that I had no idea how to use and used that, made a bunch of videos where I looked very orange because I didn't understand what white balance was right on. and yeah. posted those posted those for my buddies and 
thought they were kind of fun and funny and just kind of kept going from there. Uh, and eventually it, it sort of morphed into a more uh, self-improvement sort of focus thing because that's a lot of the stuff that I was interested in reading, really trying to get my footing on my life and who I was and kind of looped Brendan in from there. Uh, when I did a deep dive on the channel, <laughs> oh no! The the first video I found was don't worry. <laughs> the first video I found was you talking about how uh, I believe it was 2016. It was going to be your year of improvement. Was that the first video you uploaded, or were there older videos that you've like taken down? There are older videos that got taken down for sure. <laughs> yeah, classic. I I still uh, I still think about taking the one that you just mentioned down. The older older ones, but. Those one, those ones are okay. That's after I like learned quite a bit, so it's like it's not that's not right. the worst. But there's a lot of stuff that should never see. And the it's light it's of day. history. You yeah, know? it's history that yeah, I was gonna say be viewed by everyone. <laughs> it gives like well, it's a good like it's nice to see the origins of a channel. Yeah, and uh, it and it's I totally get it because um, so last week we had on uh my old like I used to make YouTube videos when I was like a kid like eleven and twelve making sketch comedy, yeah. and we had my old partner on and we were talking about how like our whole channel is private right now <laughs> right. it's it's fun for uh, it's fun for us to every so often go back and watch them but like man i don't know i mm -hmm. i don't think i'm ready to put them out on the internet for everyone to yeah. see it's a one day thing like i i had an old youtube channel in high school with a buddy and it was called jews making movies which i don't even know if that would work in today's zeitgeist uh, yeah maybe not a lot of like Jake and Amir parodies and trying to be Freddie W stuff that is just, it's very cringy watching back now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's fun to kind of look at that stuff because then you can see where you came from and be like, oh, I'm not as shitty anymore at least. Truly. Yeah. 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 That is a good, that is a good feeling. It's, it's nice to find the silver lining in the mass production of cringe content that I had in my life at that point. So it's like, I grew yeah. from it, you know, it's nice to take that away at least. Um, but I actually also you made a few things that haven't been cringe. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long they last. But um, yeah, you'll look back at, at now, 10 years from now and be like, what was I doing? I was going to say, that's always how it goes. You get a few years away from it and you're like, that really wasn't it. That, but but you know what, though? Sometimes there are, is stuff that you look back at and you go, you know what? This actually this is pretty good. I didn't think it was good at the time, but now I'm, I'm happy That's with it. True. And this is going to be one of those things. You'll be like, I can't believe I did that fucking podcast. With those guys. <laughs> yeah. That really like took our career back at least a good three years. <laughs> yeah. It was a very well, bad move. Because we, uh, we're going to steal the years from you. <laughs> the, uh, but I have a question for you, Brendan, because you, so you said you came on late and I guess like, did you have any knowledge uh, you were saying, previously um that you've done some gaffing jobs and stuff so did you already know a bit about like filmmaking or video working i didn't know a lot about video working i had gotten some on-set jobs through the union in toronto right and was really getting a lot of work in the scene shop because i didn't know how to do anything but i was like willing to work hard and uh became basically like the either the head of labor or like the recurring shop labor for this scenic art department. So I would handle paints, I would set up workspaces and just keep the shop order flowing for the people who are painting the sets and locations and doing all that stuff. And it was really just such an all-consuming job that I was looking for a bit of an escape or something else to do. So when Cam was making these YouTube videos, uh, he was trying to do a video every week and I was like, oh, well, I could come on and maybe like do a short-term challenge and try and like see if I can learn a skill or do this thing. And then I'll post a video every month. And between the two of us, that should be like a pretty decent means of production. 
Mm-hmm. Um, everything took a lot longer than expected uh, in terms of how much work it took to post things. But some of those uh, 30-day videos did pretty well. The first one, I think, was probably where I tried Hugh Jackman's Wolverine uh, diet and workout plan as I could find it on the internet. Right. And that, over the course of a year, got like a million views and was like, oh, well, maybe we should maybe we should do more like short-term challenges that are really like built for like anyone who clicks on the video, they can jump in and watch that video. Right. And if you follow us for a long term, you'll kind of see like our progression over time. But each video stands alone where originally Cam was doing like uh, updates on challenges as he was working through the year. Yeah, that's well, that's what I remember seeing as well. It was, it was the, the challenge for the whole year of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I guess then it sounds like a, Cam actually had the steeper learning curve than you did uh, for, for learning how to put together videos and stuff. Well, or, he got much better. He got much better at it than I did quickly. But the thing was, my my videos succeeded in spite of the fact that they were not good um, <laughs> right. because they were because they were short term challenges where your you had ideas a thumbnail, were solid. The th- thumbnail of a skinny guy and thumbnail of a less skinny guy who's built some muscle seems to do well on the internet. So well, right. that really blew up. I mean, even your your guys SEO is amazing on that. If you type in Wolverine workout or Wolverine diet, your guys is the first video that comes up. And yeah. when something like that happens where it's like maybe overnight or not, this one video you guys do is like kind of the start of getting a lot more views. Like one, what is it like to just have something blow up like that? And two, how do you think you keep that momentum going to the next video? Uh, to answer the second part, you don't. The momentum <laughs> is very, very strange in these things. Yeah. Mm. Um, it is nice if a video is taking off for a period of time uh, and then a few more people find it, but really I find our stuff, an individual video succeeds uh, whenever it happens to succeed. And what we really try and focus on is sustaining like our median view count. Like what are we... What are we getting on like uh, the range from like a low performing video to a high performing video? How do we keep those? How do we keep those low performing videos as high as possible? How do we keep the level of our quality good? Right. Um, because every now and then something takes off in the algorithm, which is nice, but it doesn't necessarily mean three other things skyrocket with it. Yeah, they sort of take off in spite of the channel. Like, yeah, it's more people discover that single video rather than your channel as a whole, right? Yeah, and you will get new subscribers from that, but it doesn't mean necessarily that one video takes off and then two others will get a boost because of it. Right. Um, but you will see, uh, but you will see like a little bit of like channel activity grow because people sign, find that video, they subscribe, they check out some other things. Um, but really, it's one video at a time when something does well. But would you still say that the that Wolverine video like kind of took you into like the next level with the channel, like by by getting so much notoriety? Um, or do you think it that was happening already and then that just sort of happened to be something that no, blew it, up? No, it took a lot longer than that, actually. Uh, and it, it had a lot of success after the fact. Like, it did well and got like 100,000 views. And I don't know if it was because of uh, a new X-Men movie or something, but there was like a month, there was like a two-month period where all of a sudden that video went from uh, maybe a million views to like three million views. And right. It was apropos of nothing that we had done. I guess um, it was like, yeah, Logan coming out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, that probably helped us a lot. It's hard to say. We recently, The Queen's Gambit came out, and we got a huge boost on our chest video, chest video off that for like a month, where people mm. were watching Queen's Gambit, looking up chest videos, 
and come yeah. across our stuff. So that does happen. I know um, after Queen's Gambit came out, we bought a chessboard at my house. So. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> there you go. That's the correlation yeah. there. But the answer as far as does it change the trajectory of the channel? Not so much. It's really, it's nice when it happens. Yeah. But mm. really the, 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 the metrics of like improvement and growth are really... Um, how long you can stay consistent with videos and, ha and maintaining quality. That really is what I think it comes down to more than anything else that the algorithm does. Right. Yeah, the, the algorithm is interesting. And I guess I'll, I'll get into this a little bit because it is an in internet history podcast. But <laughs> I, I remember in the early days of YouTube, a lot of the time, you know, the algorithm favored pushing smaller creators and it was a lot more about like view count, subscriber count that pushed you, which is why animation did so well in the early days. And then I think in the in the era that we're getting into now with like the, the Jake Pauls and, you know, even when Casey Neistat was uploading every day, I think it pushes for longer than 10 minutes, more consistent uploads. But I think one of the things that is a negative of that, I think, is that a lot of people you know, put out content that kind of is just to get stuff out. And I think something I really respect about you guys and not to shit on anyone else, but a lot of the challenge videos that you guys do do are usually 30 days plus or two weeks plus where, you know, if you look at someone like, I'm not going to name any names, actually. I don't want by any chance. Jump in, yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. Internet beef. Jesse James West. But no, like especially a lot of fitness people is like, I tried the Rocks diet and workout for a day or you know <laughs> and when you're seeing these people who are already genetically blessed at probably the end of the limit of muscle they're going to gain trying like a 7000 calorie challenge in a day a you know i think anyone with a basic knowledge of sports science knows that either in a day or a week you're not really going to see any change especially when someone's at their genetic ceiling maybe some fluctuation in water weight um and i think the fact that you guys whether it be a physical challenge or a mental challenge or even something like when you guys did isolation or staying off the phone, you're doing it for a long enough time where you can actually see some sort of pattern forming. Mm. And I, I think it'd probably be easy just to do like, oh, I didn't go on my phone for a whole day um, just to please the algorithm. But I do think it's really cool that you guys give it time to marinate. And as well, you know, I think it's cooler to see you know, someone like us, an average show doing a fitness challenge rather than, you know, someone who's been doing this for 12 plus years and already is jacked. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the benefit that we, or at least the, the positive feedback we get back is that 30 days seems to be a nice time frame where a lot of people, that's long enough that a, most people won't do it, but long enough to actually start to see some sort of forming, reoccurring benefits or process whatever mm -hmm. it may be that comes from that and so but at the same time it does make it tricky because going back to algorithm and how things work youtube does love consistency it channels it's one of the best practices you can have is to be like we post every tuesday and saturday and stay consistent with that and your audience knows when to show up what's coming out but with what we're doing it's it it doesn't quite work that way but i think the the value is is like you said in in a little bit of the longer format and seeing seeing how that plays out if it's actually stuck with for a, a decent amount of time yeah and i imagine it helps you build like an actual niche within your genre on the platform like people people come to you for these longer format videos you know yeah i, I think so at least i think it's interesting talking about niche because 
I think that's something our channel struggled with a little bit because we tend to describe our channel as self-improvement, which is pretty vast and pretty broad. Mm. So what we find a lot of the times is people will show up for a fitness video and love the workout videos that Brennan does specifically and then won't show up for like not using a phone or isolation or the more like productivity based ones. So it, it's we've we found it a little bit tough to merge the interests of our subscriber base and keep everyone coming back just because they like us or just the content in general. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I know it's actually interesting because I know Josh, as is evident, knows a lot more about fitness and just he actually is fit. What are you, I, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I um, I am much less fit. Uh, I'm. Uh, so I, I find for me, what I'm actually interested generally on your channel is the more productivity ones or like the not using a phone or the one like uh, becoming better at, at speaking. Mm. Those are the videos that I find when I look through the channel. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that one. Whereas Josh, it might be the reverse. So like it, it's kind of a d- double I mean, edged sword. Yeah, I do love the fitness. Videos. Yeah, it's a double edged sword, <laughs> I think, because while you are maybe doubling your audience, you're also, like you said, splitting it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it might make someone less likely to subscribe because they don't want this other half of the videos in their feed. Possibly, but I I would even say, you know, as a a gym rat with not enough muscle to be a gym rat, uh, I still do really love uh, some of the other videos, especially like the one about, you know, not being on your phone for a while. I mean, unfortunately, you know, with doing restaurant management and trying to get a hold of people to to do our dumb little show it's a little harder to never do it (laughs) but i think you know seeing you do it really motivated me at the very least to you know like okay me and me and the wife are going to start reading put the phone away for like the last two hours before i go to bed and does help with sleep and i'm Mm. already a terrible sleeper but it has helped improve or even like I i forget the exact gentleman I think he was a Navy SEAL. You guys did a video on getting up early. That was you, Brendan. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I know Casey did a video. And, you know, if, if you see someone like Casey Neistat or, or Jocko doing it, you know, these are people that do it all the time. But, you know, seeing someone like you guys do it, not to be like seeing a chump like you, but like, you know, seeing someone that you think you can relate to doing something like that, it, it kind of does motivate you more to be like, oh, shit, I want to try that. Uh, rather than like whether it be fitness or something a little more mental, when you see a professional who's been doing this their entire life do it, it's like, yeah, of course they're going to be able to do it, you know? Yeah, there's a mix for uh, for how we think about what our what our content is. Because on one thing, I, and something I really want to focus on this year is really sustained improvement in terms of like fitness and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I also realize if I if I do significantly improve over the course of this year in terms of some of my calisthenics goals then I, I also have to realize, like, these are no longer going to be average show videos. I will be, I won't be, like, a, like an elite athlete by any stretch, but I will be at a significant point where I'm not where your average show is anymore. Right. Um, but I'm also, you know, people, people uh, seem to roast you when you, uh, when, you, uh, when you don't sustain progress you make. So that's something I'm really trying to work on as well. And, uh, just well, that myself. was something I wanted to ask about is, like, how often do you find, uh, like... How often is it when you finish a goal that you're, okay, I'm done. You, you're like, that was cool, but I don't want to keep doing that. And you drop it. And then how often is it something that you continue, even maybe like a neutered version of it to continue in your life? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I remember doing the muscle up video 
And I have since not been able to, I, I cannot do a muscle up anymore. Right. Uh, though I'm have much, though I've maintained a lot of my strength and stuff, I haven't put in the time to continue working on the technique and the, uh, and the muscle memory of doing it. Cause so much of calisthenics is, isn't just strength. It's a, uh, it's a skill and technique and how, and how you're moving your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm at a point where I'm also like, I could go back and relearn that skill, um, much quicker now, I think. Right. Uh, and so really I was just like, okay, I'm not going to put in the time of continuing to practice this, but I'm going to try and build off of that and do some other things. Uh, I think the video we're working on right now, there's elements of the workout. Uh, we're trying Chris Haria's uh, workouts and or as close as we can to his. And I'm like, there's stuff I'm going to do for two weeks and probably replace with cardio and things like that because I just, those are my priorities right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always nice to like dip your finger in and sometimes you, uh, sometimes you find stuff that you really want to hold on to that works well for you. Yeah, that makes sense. And eventually you kind of walk away with like a smorgasbord of stuff that works for you, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, there... oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think the no, sorry, thing, that, that's on me. the thing that's interesting is that a lot of the times what we're doing is kind of extreme. Like I think mm-hmm. like for instance, seven days of complete isolation or like, com- like 30 days without a phone. It's like most people aren't going to Wim Hof. Yeah. Most people aren't going to do this stuff. Most people aren't going to take the time to like commit that much to something. And so I think one of the best things is like those little takes little takeaways from it where it's like, okay, I don't have to give up my phone for 30 days, but let me reanalyze how we're, how I'm using this, how I'm interacting with it, what sort of habits I have with this thing. And even with things like when I did seven days in complete isolation, the sort of like self-knowledge and habits that I picked up and took from that, am I going to do seven days in complete isolation again anytime soon? Nah, I'm good. But a lot of the things that I took from that were really helpful and really beneficial. So it's those little things you can pull from and keep using. Well, yeah, that's that's the cool thing. Even especially like something like the video of, you know, not being on your phone at all, taking that even to a smaller segment of, you know, the end of it, you're saying, I'm going to try to turn my phone off hour and a half, I think it was before bed. I was like, oh, I should try to do that. And I'm like, oh, but like, you know, what if someone needs to get a hold of me? And then I'm like, oh, this is an addiction. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because you realize too, it's like, man, like it can wait generally, you know, like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I almost feel like the well, death don't of the shit land. on me for that, Thomas, you're our codependent relationship is the reason I don't turn my phone. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, I think the death of the landline might have uh, contributed to that as well, because now it's like, if you had a landline, if someone really needed to get a hold of you, they could call your house phone, right? But that's not in your bedroom. That's not like on your pillow, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But the cell phone, like, I know I, I charge it next to my bed at night, so it's like it's right there. If it buzzes and I'm, you know, sleeping, it can wake me up and be like, oh, well, who's trying to talk mm-hmm. to me? Well, even like with some like MSN, when I, I remember being like, if I was only on MSN when I signed into MSN, when I was at that small amount of time after school that I would be at my computer and now it's like if someone messages me on messenger like i mean there's nothing stopping me from responding in a minute you're everywhere but we went everywhere almost the entire length of human civilization with not having like immediate oh i'll get back to you right away and no one died over it and i i don't know that i don't know if that's true that's true (laughs) but i i should probably get in that mindset more of being like yeah no thomas I I don't need to call you 10 minutes before I go to bed for you to read me a book. I can live without. 
At least not every day. Not every day. <laughs> like every other day is good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I got a meat and potatoes question for you guys. A hard hitting question. Wow. Uh, before go we it. go into a little background. Have you guys ever accomplished a hands-free e-jack? What is that? Uh, it, it is going to completion. No hands. It's just something we're starting to ask our guests. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> this is a pivot. That, that could be the not next using, goal. Wait, not using your own hands or no one's hands. hands? No hands. Kegel exercises. E-jack. Oh, like Kegel stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm a no. I think I, I think I'm a yes. Actually, I think I'm a yes. Nice, oh, my. But God. I think it was a long time wow. ago. Um, I like just being a very horny teenager. Like, well, like what well, define yeah. hands free? Because it wasn't like a Kegels thing. I think it was more. Well, I think Josh, you got to tell your story. Yeah, I, I guess like why? Because the Josh, Josh, the reason why he gets to ask is because he's done it. Just once, or like it's a frequent thing. Does sleeping count? <laughs> oh, sleeping does not count. I you okay, because I'm like we're, then we're going back to the, like the days of being 13. But yeah, um, well, if, okay, let's. Jeez, I'm being put in the spot now. Well, you can't put them on the spot and then not want to talk about it yourself. Okay, so essentially, in a nutshell, I was watching adult <laughs> entertainment, and I was like, been a couple days, and I was like, what if I just squeezed? Mentally. <laughs> mentally squeezed and it just happened it's never happened before i was 19 it's never happened after that okay. i was just wondering if this is something that people have tried you weren't doing anything he just wants to not feel alone yeah i don't want to feel alone no of course not um and maybe i don't think i've had that experience i don't know i feel like i'm not writing in the diary every time i'm getting off but i feel like i've had an experience similar to that when i was like young but I, I don't know if I remember it well, enough that, to detail it enough. I definitely don't think it was a, 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 just a squeeze. <laughs> a mental squeeze. <laughs> a mental, a mental squeeze, sorry to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to go back to more serious business, I think in, in kind of the world of, you know, challenge videos, I, th I think since the beginning of YouTube, even so like starting something as simple as like the Cinnamon Challenge or BF versus GF or two people trying to accomplish a goal and see who wins... Um, I, I would say, and I could be totally wrong about this, I'd, I'd love to know in that sort of challenge sense what inspired you guys. I know BuzzFeed got a lot of blow up from doing their train like a superhero for 30 days video, and I think that kind of started a resurgence. But what do you think was the thing that was like, if any inspiration for that sort of thing, what do you think it was for you guys? I'm sorry, that is the strangest transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still hung up on the hands-free. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working out the kinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. The, um, uh, what was the inspiration for? So, <laughs> I think, well, okay. I think before we get into that specifically, a question I've been wanting to ask you guys is like, and it can kind of encompass this inspiration thing, would be more of like, what? how would you describe your relationship with the internet like how what like how long have you been online what sort of things were you doing on it hands-free ejac aside <laughs> what sort of things were you using the internet for then how did that feed into where you are with it now and then um and then yeah like josh was saying what sort of like influences led you to this path 
I grew up being very online. Um, like I watched YouTube from the early, early days, loved YouTube, had like, I was like following Smosh and I watched like the Fred videos when I remember when he was like the first channel, I think that hit a million subscribers yeah. and how huge of a deal that was. Um, and I remember making, yeah, like sketch comedy videos with my buddies in like late middle school maybe. Um, just because YouTube was the center of where we would watch stuff. Like I, I grew up watching not a lot of television and watching a lot of YouTube. Um, so I feel like YouTube's always just kind of been the go-to entertainment source for me. But then also just like every social media, I feel like I adopted every social media as it came. I hopped on, I remember uh, like in middle school, the girl that I had a crush on told me to get on Facebook and like she would write on my wall and stuff. And how oh, exciting that nice. was. That was a rush. Pretty cool. Um, Very yeah, cool. I, I got onto Facebook to play games. Oh, so nice. I was not as cool as you at all. Being on Facebook isn't cool inherently, so not a huge loss. That's true. But like things like yeah. Twitter now. It was so cool, though, when it started. Oh, yeah. That is true. You go there, you upload photos. You, if, that, if your relationship status was like complicated you knew you were a cool kid or like oh, if wow. girls that's impressive if they would edit like picnic you know picnic the app when they could like add little text and like animations to photos yeah, yeah like if girls did that for you then that was that was a, um, a big thing back in the day for sure that never <laughs> happened to me because i was the yeah. late bloomer but <laughs> I, I think something that you know we've we really love to talk about on, on the podcast here is that kind of shift of when you know i it i think you guys are roughly around our age how old are you guys i'm, I'm 30 27 yeah so i'm 26 and thomas is 24 and i think just kind of being the prime age for kind of growing up with mm. that whereas there's that shift from i'm not coming home and going on ytv or something i'm going home and i'm i'm going on the internet and I'm following all my favorite creators there, not on a particular schedule. And I think that's shifted like y younger cousins or like nieces or nephews. You know, that's where they started. They're watching Let's Plays or mm. they're watching slime videos right at the gate before like not not don't even have cable or anything. And I think we are kind of in that transitional generation where, oh, OK, this is yeah. kind of my main focus. So it's cool to see you guys because you think you grew up on that. Do you think? is youtube for you guys the destination like is if i said you get to make a very comfortable living for the rest of your life would you do you think shift towards traditional media or youtube well i think me and brennan are different because i think what i said only really applies yeah. for me right whereas brennan you were way more yeah i i watch tv and youtube really like when i was in high school youtube was like kicked in the balls videos and like fail compilations yeah i mean it's still fail compilations will will are a recipe for success online yeah i honestly would say like at its heart i think youtube is still that i would hope yeah. that youtube is still that at its heart oh i think so <laughs> but when i went to college was when i think uh, a lot of the like first creators were coming out and i was not paying attention to any of it like i used youtube but i was not engaged in that i was pretty right. like locked in with like everything I was doing when I was in university, um, just hanging out with people and doing stuff like that. So YouTube doesn't have, I think, any sense of like notability to me, only comes with like a little bit of shame where I feel like for <laughs> Cam that is different, where Cam has friends who are like, that is so cool that you have a YouTube channel. And yeah. I feel like I have done something 
shameful. Semi dirty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Well, that's funny because that's that's something that we talk about though uh, in some of the previous episodes is how, like, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, if you were to say I'm a content creator online, like to say I'm a YouTuber, it was like laughable. It's like no, that's not a real job. Mm-hmm you know, or I make videos online. That's not a real job. Or, or people are like, what is it? Is it porn? You make porn. (laughs) So, um, but nowadays, like because of that shift of where people are viewing content, I think, yeah, like people younger, like even younger than me would find it like they aspire to be a YouTube star or a TikTok star or whatever. Like it's not, it's not wanting to be a famous singer or actor anymore, but so it's, it's, an interesting like i don't know contrast i would say yeah I, yeah it's very strange i, I heard somewhere that it's probably it, it used to always be growing up that it was like doctors or policemen or firefighters that kids would always say in class what they want to be but i think now it's like youtuber influencer like those sort of things so yeah, yeah it's, it's changing yeah. well yeah there's there's something cool about you know you you're the person that gets your sponsors and you know you're the person that makes these decisions and it's sort of like somewhat structured right out of my head this is what i want people to see where you know i think through talking to you guys i think we we've all worked in the machine that is you know the film industry and how it's and this isn't even a negative like working on independent or you know a pilot that we did uh was super fun and i think sometimes you're doing something like a hallmark and it's a little more soul crushing (laughs) uh no offense to the hallmark company but kind of offense because you know have some interracial couples it's it's 2020 (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, I, I think when you, you, you are a cog in this machine, it's fun, but it doesn't seem necessarily personal. You know, even if you're directing something, you know, there's, there's so many other things that come into play. Whereas when you're doing something in the YouTube space, you know, you're, this is ideally content that you want to be putting out that you want to see, that you want your audience to see. Right. And, you know, me personally, that, that sounds a lot more appealing than, oh yeah, I'm an onset dresser. And yeah that's that's the way that i saw it too because i graduated with an acting degree and was working in theater and i was quickly realizing i have no control whether i'm going to be working six months from now if this contract runs out and then i have no control over what i'm doing i have no control over when i'm getting to be a part of creating something that i'm excited about and so youtube seemed like the perfect outlet where I could make as much as I wanted to and it could look the way that I wanted to. I just needed to be like self-reliant. And so YouTube offered a creative outlet that could eventually pay my bills. It didn't for the longest time. Um, And also, yeah, that sort of freedom and independence that a lot of people are looking for. And so to me, it felt like a no-brainer. But at the same time, I think, yeah, it, it takes, especially like, an older generation understanding when I was like, yeah, mom and dad, I'm going to like quit my contract job and just, just yeah. work on YouTube. They're like, but you have to have like a job, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's, and if you don't mind me asking, we'll cut this out. If this is some information you guys don't want, but is, are you guys full-time YouTube or do you have day jobs as well? Yeah, we're, we're we've both been full-time YouTube for a little while. I think we're both, like doing yeah, that's awesome, other things here and there, but I think that's more just like trying to build out different skill sets and yeah, right, more by choice than out of necessity. Yeah, and I I think like getting to that point where you know is is there something 
pretty like, oh, this is awesome. Or is there a little element of like, oh, this is scary. I'm very responsible for where dinner comes from. Both. You have to be really diligent about managing your time, I find, because even when it feel, you will feel like you have really gotten ahead of things and you're doing well and you'll post a video and you'll feel good about it. And then two days will pass and you'll realize you're all of a sudden behind again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you, you actually have a lot more to do for the next video than you expected. Mm-hmm. And that is a pretty constant fluctuation. Uh, especially when you are pre-committing to sponsors to really balance your books and stuff to be like, yeah, we will sell your spot and this is roughly the date you're going to have a video up by to try and keep up with that. We've also taken on another contract doing a series with CBC, which is exciting and also oh, just like awesome. a really strange learning curve yeah. um, right. when it's compared to just like we just make it for ourselves and if we're happy with it, we post it. Now, now there's like a, a board of directors to answer to, or at least some some sort of higher power that you have to answer to. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you can send you can send a first draft in, and they'll go, "We don't we don't get it. What <laughs> what are you trying to say with this?" And you'll go like, "Oh, well, we're gonna do all this other stuff to it. Don't worry. But this is kind of the core." And they'll be like, "Yeah, we don't we don't understand what the core is." Sometimes. So you have to always just be yeah. Sometimes what Cam and I will have a sense of like what's gonna be what's gonna be a completed video. And what's kind of the skeleton? And then we send them the skeleton, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't. We we need flesh or something." Jeez. I don't know. What, I don't know where that mem- how that metaphor goes, but uh, but we uh, really have to it, do a much better job of communicating. <laughs> yeah. So on on the back end, as far as like, let's say you know, start to finish of a video. What, the start is you get this idea, mm-hmm. and you realize, okay, this is something that we're going to commit a month to documenting. And the end is posting it, you know, as far as, you know, the back end, finding a sponsor, scheduling it. Like, what does that kind of look like? It varies. Um, sometimes I try, I try and do like a week's worth of research before I'm getting started. Because a lot of times I realize when I'm doing literally my intros where I just think I'm explaining the basic stuff of a thing on day one, I would get stuff wrong. And then right. you go like, well, do I reshoot to like tell people the correct thing or do I just embrace the fact that I knew nothing on day one and let people roast me in the comments. Uh, So I try and come in as prepared as I can to speak about what the challenge is, what some of the uh, obstacles are going to be, and have a plan that I think is attainable. Because you also don't want to commit to something or say, like, I'm going to do a video where, I don't know, I learned to dunk a basketball in 30 days. And then you realize you'll probably gain, like, two inches on your vertical or something in that right. span of time and you're going to fail miserably. Um, so you want to have a, a range of like what's an ambitious goal and what's an impossible goal. Right. Uh, so those are all stuff I try to have answered or at least a sense of before we get started. Um, we have a second per well, we have a third person because there's two of us uh, named Derek who handles a lot of our sponsors uh, and helps with filming. So he'll come to us either before videos going or while a video is being shot and go like, Hey, I think I've got something that'll work for this. Would you like to work with this brand? And then we'll look at it and say like, I don't know, or yes. And then it is a series of like trimming down and, and finessing the video through the edit, um, which we seem to be doing a much faster job. That was always a really hefty part of the, uh, the process. And I think we're starting to starting to get better at knowing how to, how to shape these quickly. Right. Well, I guess now you've sort of found a style and you can sort of figure out like, okay, this will go like this and this 
sort of. A little bit, yeah. And But you also sometimes don't want to get locked into just doing the same thing on repeat. Of course. Then, then you start boring. to feel it. Yeah, it gets and, a little uh, soulless. Yeah, it's, no it's doubt. It's nice to, because with being in a challenge when you're like, I'm going to do this thing for 30 days, and I don't really know what the journey's going to look like, it's, it's tricky to know when to film. It's tricky to know what to film. But I think you sort of right. build that intuition doing it more and more. Like, you always know day one's going to be a big day, so prep to film a lot on that day and then go from there and finding the finding the moments throughout that that you you can kind of assume are going to pop up or might pop up whatever it is you you can build that baseline of intuition to know okay i'm going to do this in the most efficient way now just from the experience of doing it so much do you ever find that like you'll be doing something say it's like a, a physical uh challenge and you're you're working out and Something happens where you're like, oh, that was good. I wish I got that on camera. Do you ever set up the camera and kind of recreate it? Or do you just go all natural? Yeah, well, there is there is some recreation sometimes. Uh, a lot of what we do sometimes will be voiceover as well, where we're just explaining how things are going in the process. Uh, mm-hmm. something, that we've, something that we've learned that we want to do every time for these challenges. We always want to have objectives, obstacles, and conflict. Yeah, of course. Um, so pinpointing where we're struggling to be like this. Uh, and you want to get to that stuff as efficiently as possible. Otherwise, the video just uh, just seems dull. And uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like you're actually pushing yourself, even though you may be going through stuff. If you're not telling people where the where the hurdles are, where the challenges, mm-hmm. um, it, really seem, it really seems like an empty uh, process. Well, because ultimately, what it, like you're telling a story, right? Like the, what keeps people engaged in the video is it's the story of your journey of, against the challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's much. not necessarily the the result. It's it's the journey. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that that's a good journey, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, is there ever you know you've become really gung ho? I'm gonna do this. You've researched it, and maybe you've shot half of it, and you're like, I I don't want to put this out. Actually, this is not gonna work. Or do you try to see everything through and see where it goes? I don't think there's ever been a video that's been completely thrown out. Um, there are times we get in the edit and we go, shit, this this isn't good. We don't yeah. have enough stuff. Yeah. And then it's a process of going like, well, what was some other stuff that happened through this? Let's talk about what this challenge was. Where where did the hurdles? like? And you try and figure out like what is missing from the video that we can add that is still true um, right. that we didn't get the first time around. And how do we do that as honestly and... and uh, and fairly as possible right yeah it's one thing it's one thing to build out and recreate stuff that like happened um to like better tell the story it's another thing to just make shit up to fabricate stuff. (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, we don't do that (laughs) but yeah but if you've seen uh i don't know there was a uh, i did a skipping video last year where i did uh where i did a final 400 meter sprint and we had two cameras and we filmed takeoff Mm -hmm. and finish and then we went back and we filmed a whole bunch of extra footage of me running the track again from different angles because it just wasn't doable the first time around. Um, so we, re- we reshoot stuff yeah. like that. But the, the, start, the start and finish of that was... The core of it is, was is the, real, uh, Exactly what happened, yeah. Yeah, so the time it's is, not like you're, you're not faking it. Yeah, and the time is real. Anything that we reshoot, we mostly do just for like um, aesthetic purposes to make the video engaging. Um. Speaking of aesthetics, so definitely I noticed looking at the the older videos, Cam, there's a big Casey Neistat influence. I know Josh just brought him up a couple of times. 
but I was wondering if you guys had any other influences, like something that jumped out to me, which I don't know if it was uh, just like happenstance, but so do you know the Vlogbrothers? Do you remember them? The name's familiar. I don't know if I've seen their stuff. So Are those the Green Brothers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. John yeah. and Hank Green. So so what I, what I found interesting, because their sort of gimmick for their channel was they were doing vlogs, but they were addressed to the brother. Um, so it was sort of like, and I, I saw a parallel with you guys. It seemed like you were doing challenges against yourselves, but also like against each other, you mm. know? So I was just wondering if that was uh, just a happenstance similarity or if there was any sort of like looking at their model and being like, yeah, that would kind of make sense. Yeah, it must just be coincidence. I've never seen any of their videos. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it's a good... There's definitely a similarity. Yeah? It's a good model, though. I'll have to check it, it. That's cool. It makes sense... Uh, it gives like some purpose like some driving force behind the videos where it's like i don't know i i find particularly with vlogs like you guys already have enough of a driving force but with a vlog where it's like what's the point of this why are you talking to the camera so it kind of is like well the point is for me to tell my brother and then you can watch it too if you want but like it's for my brother um it just with even something like the green brothers where like it's it's always fun to see them meet up and I think something that was really cool is, I don't know, I was just watching your guys' grip challenge video last night. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And aside from, you know, something where, you, or similar to like when you guys were doing, I think it was around the same time, the 30-day ab challenge, is to actually see you guys do parts of these challenges together. But for the grip video, you know, even doing something like the call where, Cam, you're just shitting on. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 is that how you guys always talk to each other? Um... It's, it can get belligerent for sure and it can get very there's some <laughs> decent banter but i think i, I mean we gotta be professional most of the time right there's love yeah there. for, for sure yeah. if we have if we have con if we have conflict on a call it's it's less trash talky and much bitchier honestly <laughs> okay <laughs> like, that's good to know <laughs> I, I like, I, when I get stressed, do a little bit of anger and Cam stews a lot of passive aggressiveness. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's more uh, it's a what you're likely to see. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's terrible. Super healthy work As a fan, I love seeing that. If you guys do that more, I'd be a happy camper. That's true. Uh, yeah. and I, we're, we're well behaved on camera. If we ever got like petty with each other while, while things were rolling, that, that would be an interesting Yeah, we video. really are on our best behavior yeah. on camera for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But there is, I think, there is sibling rivalry. <laughs> no, the oh, most okay. most of the conflict is really around how, around how the videos get made. Um, it is all in the editing and shooting and scheduling of things, um, right. and whether or not we are respecting each other's time or managing the time efficiently. Those are usually the areas of conflict. There's definitely some rivalry in quality of videos and performance of videos. Um, I think especially mm. early on, I feel like now I've, I think we're more unified and like as a team, but I think initially Brendan yep. came onto my channel, made a video that became the most popular video and I was <laughs> yeah. choked. I was upset. You're pissed. I, I was going to ask how it felt because uh, <laughs> if, if part of why I was asking if that video was responsible for the channel blowing up was I was going to be like, how do you feel owing your success I'm to triggered, him? dude. Like I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, it, it's great it's great it's like that's the thing is me and brendan have very different skill sets which makes us work really well um and for instance especially yeah. at that time like i was editing all the videos for the longest time um 
like I know cameras in and out better like all these things so I feel like I was doing all these like cool effects and like whatever that I thought were like really sweet and then Brennan just like sets a, a granny cell phone at the gym and does some workouts I was like you gotta be kidding me this is like it's so noisy how can people watch this but like at the same time Brennan's really good at understanding like story understanding tempo and pacing of videos and so I think with like mm -hmm. technical skills and I think like me being able to shoot a little bit better and then Brennan understanding like story and that aspect, I think we work really well together. But oh, early on, I was like, you guys are stronger yeah, together. Yeah, early on, I was definitely choked. Not, not going to lie. A lot of salt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, if I had have known that was how you were going with that question, I would have said, yes, absolutely. It was the Wolverine challenge that put us on the map. And I do think we owe our success to that video. Yeah, yeah of course. It's all of me, none of you. I should have I should have given you a little wink as I was saying it. So you knew yeah. what, what, where we were headed with that. My apologies. I misunderstood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was that video. So we are we are getting to that point. We're hitting the about the 50 minute mark and I don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, Josh, I don't know. Did you, do you have any uh, final questions? Two more Josh? questions. Uh, number one uh, is a little less hard hitting, um, but do you think the quality of your guys' videos has you know gone up a notch, and even like the flow of it now that you guys both live in the same city? Yes, a hundred percent. Look, at I do think they're. I do think they're. I do think it's a stronger like channel dynamic. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, look at Brennan's videos from when he was filming himself in Toronto to when he's filming now. Like that's it. <laughs> just look at them. Well, I'm shoot I'm shooting on a better camera with like a person helping me all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's a, it's elevated it. I'm not saying it's. I'm, it's I'm not blaming <laughs> yeah. you. I'm just saying it's elevated. So when you said there's no sibling rivalry, that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just need this right now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, and then, again, it's again it's silving rivalry about the actual channel and like the making of videos themselves. When we yeah, actually for good, like, it's for good. Yeah, like there's stuff where it's just like, yeah, I know Cam's like faster than me and is a little gazelle, but then he knows like he can't uh, he can't lift as much, and it's like, well, that's we're at a moot point now. The only so time you, we can really like compete on an even playing field would be like if we play one on one or something. I think what then you guys should be doing is you you ride on Cam's back, and then you'll be fast and strong. Wow. And, and he, yeah, and he but he collapsed. Like a Power Ranger assembly or <laughs> oh, something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to get really good at, like, farmer's carries and stuff, and then you guys can make some sort of Voltron, like, super brother. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> well, and you can fight the Vlog Brothers. Oh, we'll beat the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, have a chicken oh, fight. Win. Oh, you will. <laughs> That's they're, not a... they're very weak. and that That's is... not a nice matchup. So my last... They're so much smarter uh, than my us, last but we'll, we'll win a fight for sure. <laughs> um... And this is, I think, a hard-hitting question. I think as a member of your audience, it's something all of your audience wants to know is, are you guys really brothers? Or are you guys like, <laughs> is this a ruse and you guys are hooking up? We're, ho oh. we're hooking oh, up. Oh, the gay lover brothers we are gay lovers. Get, hooking up on we the used side. to get that so much. People thought we were gay for a, like early on in the channel. They're like my favorite gay YouTubers. And those are always my favorite comments. I thought those were so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> We should have we should have leaned into it. It probably would have uh, probably would have done. Well so us. the whole girlfriends yeah. and wives—that's not a ruse. That's you guys are brothers. I look if it's a ruse, we're not giving it up now. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> not for us. I think there's a I think there's a good David uh, uh, David Lynch quote where he says, "I like movies with mystery, uh, and I specifically like ones where there, there's still mystery at the end." So I'm gonna leave your audience with I'm that same plead, amount. Plead the fifth. But there's definitely some. Chemistry. So at the end of this video, you guys are either going to hang up and call your mom, or hang out and just go to town. <laughs> each other. 
It's gonna be worse. <laughs> we explore the hands, you were lying about the hands for Ejack. I was gonna say we got we got some <laughs> some things to explore. <laughs> or maybe maybe this is why you've never had to do the hands for Ejack. So if I if I start <laughs> yeah. dying at some point and I get that last witch, I'm gonna be like, it's gonna be for the goal guys to make a hands for Ejack video, and you'll have to do it. So you'll have my blood on your is hands. That that's like I think that'll be our uh, I think that'll be our first OnlyFans. There you go. That's it. So we'll try. We'll try and transition the goal-oriented style to uh, to pornography. So okay, I, I, I think there's a market there. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm gonna ask one last question, a, a serious one though. And I I, I say this because one of, one of the things we say on every podcast, whether it be near the beginning or the end, is you know we're idiots. Don't take us at face value, but don't correct us. You know, like don't don't comment. Oh, by the way, I think what you said is wrong. Like no. Like, rate five stars, subscribe to our Patreon, subscribe to our Wholesome Only fans. Send us money on Patreon or yeah, just like, direct if you, transfer. If you do think something we said was incorrect, like, yeah, d- like DM us and say, hey, you guys make the, the best podcast in the world. I love your stuff. Maybe, possibly, do you think you might have gotten that wrong? And then delete that part where you say, yeah, I think you got it wrong. Never correct us. Um, but we might be wrong about stuff. But that being said, you know, I think even uh, before the call started talking about your guys' most recent video, uh, maybe not the most recent video when this comes out, but the one you were doing about going into a, a gym for the first time in a while, and people being like, well, the Smith machine is actually 20. T- <laughs> How often do you think you guys get corrected? And does that uh, affect you guys at all with people just kind of being snarky and being like, uh, actually? Um, we get we get a lot of uh, notes. Sometimes they're very, they're conflicting, but uh, everyone... Everyone's an expert on uh, on YouTube. I feel like the note about the Smith machine is probably true. Uh, how do you feel about the comments, Cam? Because we get we get plenty. yeah, we we do get quite a few. There's a lot of people that bring the the big well actually energy to the comment section, and I kind of expect it. Mm. I feel like initially there's some videos that are those comments are more upsetting, but I think on the whole, I kind of relish negative comments a lot i think they're really fun um especially like the really absurd negative comments but yeah people critiquing information it's kind of like just an eye roll i guess i don't really feel too too much one way or another on it yeah i'm i feel like i'm turning over a new leaf this year because we got a few comments that were like particularly mean on that video and i just like i just booted them from the channel and i was just like we block people yeah i'm just like we just we're living through a global pandemic. I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm new leaf in life. I've lost a year to this fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. No time for people snarky comments about some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. No. I do. I do want to channel the uh, the energy of the old bodybuilder YouTuber sometime, where you just make videos addressing the trolls and trash yeah. talking. But uh, but really, I don't have the biceps for that. So it's just a, it's just gonna be a block. <laughs> I think what well, you that'll be. Do, yeah. Yeah. What after this year? Once you get jacked. There you go even yeah. more and then you make a rap we'll drop diss tracks yeah. 25 inch arms if you want i'm gonna do those to roid induced clapbacks yeah. yeah yeah nice what we'll do is i'll hook you up with my my boy who bodybuilds he'll get you some hgh he'll get you the trend <laughs> you'll blow the fuck up I, like I genuinely <laughs> unironically think this is a year i do a, a performance enhancing drugs video yeah, because I think that would be really interesting. But it'd be it'd be very transparent. It'd be like I am doing, I am taking these supplements, not even right. roids, just like all of the things that are you can get. Um, and and be just like, be like hey, well, let's let's play. Let's see what happens. You'd have to for your health because we care about you. You'd have to get a doctor to help. Oh yeah, yeah. We we want you to be safe. Yeah. Just want to be clear. These are not like the needle in the bum steroids. I just like the stuff that is like on the market. You can you can mix into your routine. 
Yeah, you can. Right. I just want to see. Not not for me, but if you want, like, uh, because I watch workout videos, I get targeted Facebook ads for SARMs. I mean, I guess mm. you can buy them. Like, I wouldn't, you know, if it's something you want to try, I'm watching that video. <laughs> oh, I'm clicking uh, that for sure. Um, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Most people, most people try and uh, try and like try and take it on the down low, and then just be like, "Yeah, I ate chicken breasts and uh, broccoli, drank, chicken uh, breasts and broccoli diet." <laughs> drank two liters of water a day and i'm just gonna be like you know what i i got i took all of these supplements here's what happens <laughs> yeah well here's what's happened to my body <laughs> yeah. it's a well, wreck you've seen like you've seen a good two-year sample of me like trying to eat well and exercising because it's like okay what what just happens if i add these things to my routine what can i do anivar and austrian over the counter baby let's see what happens <laughs> i want to see you blow the fuck up <laughs> um yeah. But uh, you know what, guys? I want to say thank you so much for doing the pod. Yeah, for thanks. Sure. Thanks for having. Oh, thank us. you for having this us. Is great. If by some chance some freaking moron is watching this and doesn't know who you guys are, how can they find you? Well, we are we are goal guys on YouTube. But sometimes I feel like I need to spell that because people don't. Uh, people don't do know. It. How to spell. They always do like a what? Goal. What? But goal yeah. guys, G O A L guys um, on YouTube. We have we have a Twitter and an Instagram. Um, don't follow us on Facebook because we don't do anything on that platform. Yeah. But but Twitter and Instagram we're occasionally active and uh, but mainly mainly watch us on YouTube. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And and also just you know aside from the fact that we've been uh, on set for the past five years and haven't made a YouTube video in probably nine years, what are we doing wrong? Yeah. Why are we not successful <laughs> like you guys? Yeah. What what are we oh. doing wrong? <sighs> is, is it Josh's party shirt? Is it the it. I, I don't it. think it is, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. Um, it's not the best shirt. I think you need to start doing content solely based around the hands-free eject. I think there's a demo that's definitely interested in that. So I feel like you just need to lean into what's right. working for you. So yeah, the wholesome OnlyFans, <laughs> yeah. the hands-free eject. Yeah. Well, right on. Again, thank you guys so much. Um, find them at Goal Guys on YouTube. Um, if you want to see us, we're Friend Styles on the YouTubes to see some of our sketches. Uh, subscribe to our Wholesome OnlyFans on our Patreon. Thank you guys so much. Adios. Adios.